alternative medicine therapies, what works and what doesn't. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about recent research on common alternative medical treatments on Access Health Radio. And we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. We always thank you for joining us here on Sundays at 4. And Dr. Forrest, uh, people often have uh, questions and want more information about the topics that we discuss uh, here each Sunday afternoon. Or maybe they want to find out more information about your practice. Uh, How can they get in touch with you? Well, you know, if somebody tunes in late to the show or if they miss a show they're interested in, they can always go to WPTF.com and uh, there's an on-demand podcast of every show with a link on there. And we'll provide links to that on our website at accesshealthradio.com. And if listeners want to send in general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also go to our Facebook page or they can email Email us directly at accesshealthradio at gmail.com and make sure if you do send us a question to include your contact information so we can uh, let you know uh, how much we appreciate that. And if you want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com, A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. All right. Thanks so much, Dr. Forrest. On a recent program, we covered some potentially dangerous herbal supplements, but I understand that today we're going to be discussing other alternative treatments, uh, some that work and some that don't, right? That's right. Uh, Many alternative medical therapies have been around for thousands of years, and some of them do have some scientific uh, evidence showing some benefit. On the other hand, there are many, uh, just as many really fads and alternative treatments that people hear about all the time in advertising and pop culture that just have not been shown to be effective. So hopefully I'm going to shed some light on both of those today. First up today, our Access Health Tip of the Week. Anytime you are considering an alternative medical treatment, you should always ask your primary care physician if there are any specific risks for you uh, due to your current medical condition. You know, there's some treatments that might be fine for some people, but not for others. So checking with your doctor is one way to make sure that you are safer than sorry. So, Dr. Forrest, we're talking about alternative medical therapies today. Let's start off with the good news. What are some examples of some of the things that actually work? Well, there are several alternative uh, therapies that work, and one of the oldest is acupuncture. And, you know, this is a uh, Chinese treatment, and there's a lot of theories about, you know, why it works. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, not sure that any medical experts are going to say that they know exactly why it works. Uh, However, it has been shown for things like osteoarthritis, uh, headaches. Uh, you know, neck pain, back pain to actually have some benefit. And in fact, in one survey uh, that was done uh, by Consumer Reports, uh, they found that three quarters of people with back pain reported that acupuncture actually helped. Uh, There's also a, uh, you know, 
some medical research supporting that it may actually improve mood and things like depression. So uh, I don't think anybody still really understands the details of how acupuncture works. Uh, but it does appear to make people feel better and get some relief from some symptoms. You know, one of the theories is that, uh, you know, stimulating these points may uh, release some natural uh, chemicals in the body, like endorphins and those kind of things. Uh, but uh, either way, people do report some efficacy from acupuncture, and it's a relatively low-risk procedure. So, you know, another treatment that uh, I think a lot of us subjectively sort of feel like helps and makes us feel better is actual massage. And it turns out that, you know, when you get deep massage, what some people would call Swedish massage, that can actually be really good for back pain. Uh, it turns out that those kind of uh, deep sort of massages can actually improve recovery uh, and flexibility. Uh, they can also uh, improve specific point tenderness. There's a thing called myofascial uh, point therapy, and that can help for people that have sort of chronic injuries or pain in certain areas. Uh, so massage can be very helpful. Uh, now, there is a form of massage called craniosacral therapy, uh, which hasn't really been shown to be as effective as uh, some of the other types of massage, you know, the Swedish massage and that type of thing. So massage definitely is one of the things that has been shown to be helpful. You know, on the show, we talked about another uh, thing that can be helpful, which is just dietary. Uh, and we won't go into the exhaustive list, but as an example, foods like berries that are rich in antioxidants and consumed in their whole form, uh, those have been shown to be anti-inflammatory and, you know, quite beneficial. Uh, so we, we talked in detail on another show about some of the, the supplements and nutritional things. So today we're going to focus on some other things, but I'll just throw out there that berries have been shown to be beneficial. Another one that's, uh, that's been getting in the news more lately, and I've certainly had patients come in who are asking about it, is turmeric. Uh, and this is sort of a spice, uh, and I've seen it popping up, you know, even at the, the large wholesale clubs. And there is actually evidence uh, for uh, anti-inflammatory properties of turmeric, uh, but it, most of that research has been done in rodents like mice. Uh, so, you know, when humans consume this spice, we don't get a whole lot of that active ingredient, which is called curcumin. Uh, so while I don't think it'll hurt anything, uh, and uh, unless you're on things like blood thinners, it's probably safe, uh, we don't really know that turmeric does a whole lot in humans. Now, when we get outside of the supplements and we thought thinking about activities that are alternative, uh, there's something called Qigong breathing. And this is uh, a type of breathing that you know people use sort of meditatively, and it's been shown to actually be able to lower blood pressure. Uh, so it is effective and along the same lines, uh, is a type of exercise that's also, you know, hundreds of years old, uh, called Tai Chi. And some people call Tai Chi a, you know, a moving meditation. And really it's sort of, uh, it's an exercise, but people are also, you know, very, uh, sort of mindful while they're doing that. And it's been shown to, especially in the elderly, uh, reduce falls, help with chronic pain, uh, improve dementia and arthritis and depression, uh, even uh, some, some benefits for Parkinson's disease patients. So it's incredibly safe. So if it's something that you want to take up, if you want to participate in Tai Chi, it should be something you can do whenever you want. 
Uh, and for most people, it's going to be incredibly safe uh, and does look like it has some significant health benefits. Now, along the same lines of Tai Chi is one that folks are much more familiar with, which is yoga. Now, yoga has been known for years to really help with flexibility. Uh, a lot of times it can help with relaxation, but it's also been shown to help with low back pain. And many people, especially after a yoga workout, can significantly reduce their blood pressure. Uh, and it also seems to elevate mood some. So, uh, you know, yoga does seem to have some benefits. Now, on the other hand, there are some what I would call fad yogas out there. And this is, you know, they've got yoga where you work with a goat and they've got yogas where you get really hot and sweaty. Uh, and it turns out that, uh, you know, that's yoga and yoga is beneficial. But, you know, there's some other risks there uh, and it does present a risk of dehydration and getting overheated. So I, I would probably avoid those types. Now, just to mention um, a few supplements that we haven't really talked about uh, on past shows, uh, one of those is called Garcinia. And, you know, a lot of people started using Garcinia a few years ago, uh, purported to help with weight loss. And it turns out it's just very, very ineffective. It hasn't been shown to be uh, beneficial at all. And along those same lines, and this one comes up all the time in my practice, patients come in and say, hey, doc, I started taking some glucosamine and chondroitin. And I, I did that to help my joints. Well, the truth is there's been lots and lots of studies done on glucosamine and chondroitin supplementation and no significant evidence that taking that by mouth uh, can have really any significant benefit. And in fact, uh, many times I've had diabetic patients that were taking that that actually had worsening of their blood sugar because one of the ingredients in glucosamine, it can be broken down to, to glucose. So uh, not something I would recommend. Now, the, the interesting thing is a lot of these natural and alternative remedies have some basis in truth. And, you know, we if we inject some of these type materials directly into joints, uh, one in specific is called hyaluronic acid, uh, that actually does provide benefits for arthritis. Uh, but when you actually eat these things, you know, your body digested, it breaks it down and and no significant component really makes it into your joint. Um, so another one that I'm going to mention because it's just become so common, these advertisements are, is jellyfish and using jellyfish to prevent aging in the brain and uh, dementia and this type of stuff. There is absolutely no evidence that uh, any sort of jellyfish supplement uh, does anything to prevent dementia. And in fact, if you get a bottle of that, if you've been duped and you've bought a bottle and you read on the label, you'll see right at the bottom, it says it doesn't cure, prevent, or treat any condition and hasn't been shown to do so. Uh, yet their marketing is incredibly effective, so, so much so that my own children were asking me if we should be taking a jellyfish supplement. Uh, so uh, just pay attention to, to what's, uh, what has good evidence behind it and not necessarily advertising. Now, one of the things I get really excited about as an alternative therapy is something called, you know, omega-3 uh, oils. And omega-3 is uh, it's a supplement, but it can be found naturally in lots of fish and seafood. And, you know, over the years, there's been lots of studies with omega-3s looking at them for various, uh, you know, benefits for health. And it's been looked at for arthritis. It's been looked at for dementia. It's been looked at for reducing types of cholesterol uh, and heart disease. And, you know, up until recently, we didn't have a lot of good uh, research and a lot of good evidence uh, for some of these conditions. But 
Uh, we now know there's evidence that omega-3 oils can actually help with, uh, with attention deficit disorder. Uh, there's uh, some research to suggest it's as effective as prescription medication. Uh, we also know that omega-3 fish oil, uh, even, you know, there actually are some prescription versions that are purified versions of fish oil, can reduce the risk of a heart attack another 25% on top of people who are lowering their cholesterol and blood pressure and everything else. So an added 25% reduction in, in events like heart attacks is definitely beneficial. I even have a friend of mine who's a neurosurgeon who he's a little older now. And when he goes out and plays 18 holes of golf, he'll take a bunch of fish oil tablets. And he says the reason he does it is because, you know, after he gets off the golf course, that keeps him from being sore. And there's a lot of evidence to back that up because uh, omega-3 fish oil type supplements or fish oil in general uh, has some anti-inflammatory process uh, that's involved in it that has to do with a chemical called prostaglandins. And prostaglandins are decreased by things like ibuprofen uh, and naproxen and things like that. But it turns out that fish oil can do the same thing. Now, I always tell my patients I'd rather them get something naturally than unnaturally, which means, you know, eat a piece of salmon three times a week, you know, add in some, some fish oil that way. Uh, but for people who don't eat fish or don't consume very much of it, you know, supplementation with omega-3 does hold a lot of promise uh, for benefits. And unless you have a contraindication like, you know, you can't have your blood thinned a little bit because you're already on a lot of blood thinners or that kind of thing, generally they're very safe. Uh, one more I'll mention that actually works uh, is red yeast rice. Uh, but I want to qualify that to say, you know, red yeast rice has a substance in it, which is how cholesterol medications were developed. It's called uh, uh, same thing as lovastatin. And lovastatin is a prescription medication to lower cholesterol. It turns out that red yeast rice has some components of that. So the problem here is, even though it's effective, and even though red yeast rice can reduce cholesterol, you have no idea of the dose that you're getting in that. And so one of the things to consider is, even when alternative therapies are beneficial, sometimes there are better and even safer versions that have been you know, approved by the FDA. So keep that in mind. So another thing that is an alternative therapy that actually works is called light therapy. And light therapy is where people expose themselves to, you know, really bright light. And that's been shown to do all kinds of things, including improving mood, uh, helping with sleep cycles and that kind of thing. And it really is effective. And again, I would say here, you know, light therapy can actually be prescribed. There are actually medical devices that put off a certain amount of light that people are supposed to, you know, be in front of uh, during the day. So light therapy is beneficial. Um, I would say that uh, if you had something like a severe mood problem or depression that was really serious, the only thing to consider is, you know, again, this is an alternative therapy that works. Uh, but it may be in some cases that your condition's severe enough that you need something even more than that. So just consider that. Uh, you know, the last thing that I'm going to mention today that is something that's an alternative therapy that, that does work uh, is uh, neti pots. And neti pots are, you know, used for sinus irrigation. And there's all different versions of them. You can get these over the counter at the, at the drugstore. Some of them are a little bottle that squeezes. Some of them are like, looks like a little tea kettle. And neti pots, when you use saline irrigation, and always make sure that, that it's clean, it's, it's been sterilized inside before you do this, uh, that nasal and sinus irrigation has really been shown to be beneficial for allergy sufferers uh, and to prevent things like 
chronic sinus infections. So neti pots really, really can be useful, uh, and they don't require prescriptions, very safe. And some studies show they may be as effective as most of the prescription treatments that we have uh, for allergies and sort of chronic sinus disease. Coming up, some alternative treatments that eh, may not be quite all that they have been uh, trumped up to. We'll talk to Dr. Brian Forrest about that straight ahead here on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. Alternatives that do and don't work in medicine. And today we've already heard a lot of things that actually do work. But Dr. Forrest, there's a lot of things that don't that people should stay away from. Yeah, so, you know, the problem with alternative therapy is it really is a mixed bag. So some things have great evidence and others don't. So I'm going to mention some things. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on these, but just some some therapies and treatments that are alternative that have not been shown to be effective and really don't have a lot of science to back them up. And the first one of those is Reiki therapy, R-E-I-K-I. This is something that's been uh, purported to do all kinds of things, but really hasn't been shown to be beneficial. Another common one that, that my patients have been asking me about lately is apple cider vinegar. People think apple cider vinegar fixes everything, and there really is no good evidence for that. And it turns out that it actually, if you've got any reflux or heartburn issues, you potentially could actually even make them worse because vinegar is a, a weak acid. Um, so you do have to be careful about that. Another one is xylitol. Some people are trying to use xylitol. Uh, it doesn't look like it does anything useful. Um, there's some other things like uh, homeopathy comes up a lot. And homeopathy, you know, there's a lot of history behind that, but essentially it's taking really, really tiny doses of things that would be toxic to the body and administering them at a level that they're safe. And the theory is that those minuscule doses can actually prompt the body to heal itself. And there's really never been any good evidence for that. And the FDA actually warns against uh, homeopathic treatments. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, the jellyfish not working already in the last segment. Uh, saw palmetto is another one I hear about a lot. It's advertised all the time. Uh, not particularly effective. Uh, detoxes and cleanses, uh, things like, uh, you know, having your colon washed out with water. Uh, those really haven't been shown to help. Chelation therapy. Chelation is only beneficial if you've been poisoned with a heavy metal. Uh, other than that, it really hasn't shown any benefit. Um, ear candling is a common practice that hasn't really shown to be useful and has actually caused some problems. Uh, and another practice that's called naturopathy. Now, some naturopathic physicians uh, do have certificates. They've been trained, uh, but a lot of times they're using treatments that haven't been proven uh, and in some cases are, are dangerous. So uh, if you are going to get any type of naturopathic therapy, you really need to do your research and check into the credentials of the person doing that. All right, more to come straight ahead here on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We've been talking about alternative therapies today. It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Did you know you're taller in the morning than in the afternoon and evening? So when you get out of bed in the morning, that's when you're the tallest. And people tend to lose about a half an inch during the day thanks to the fluid in the spinal disc. So while you're sleeping, your, your discs sort of plump up. And during the day, you know, with all the stress of standing and dehydration, those discs get compressed. So you're actually a half inch smaller at the end of the day than you are at the beginning. 
Yes, that concludes our show. Our scripture this week is from Genesis 1:29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in, it, in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Till then, God bless your health.